Being old school comic book fans, we here at Sidebar Forever have complete and unapologetic love for doppelgangers. Evil copycats, your opposite number. You know the ones, Reverse Flash, Bizarro, The Abomination, Venom, uh, The Squadron Supreme, Black Adam, and, and many, many more. On this episode, Adrian and I discuss what a doppelganger is, try to determine why they are so appealing, especially to comic book fans, and we also point out some examples of doppelgangers from television shows like Serena from Bewitched, Garth from Knight Rider, and Stefan Urkel from Family Matters. I'm Swain Hunt. A big thank you to our friend, writer, and artist, Michelle Fife, for inspiring this topic, and thanks to you for listening today. Man, you know something? It's, um, you know, I think a couple episodes back, if not the previous episode, maybe a John Byrne episode, you know, you had brought up something about doppelgangers, you know what I'm saying? And we mm -hmm. all thought afterwards, like, hey, that, that might actually be a pretty good episode, you know, for us to try. Because once we sat back and thought about it, it was just kind of like that really, really seems to be a common theme you know, that runs through a lot of our favorite comics. And um, our um, friend, uh, Michelle Fife, um, did a post about right, it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's always something that's, um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just that that duality of it's the opposite number. It's the evil to that good. Or in some cases, it's not mm -hmm. necessarily like their arch enemy. It could just be, here is an offshoot of the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like an Iron mm -hmm. Man, and then you have a war machine. You know, that type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Right. But most often, I think we respond to when it's definitely the opposite of the hero. You know, their direct opposite number. You know what I'm saying? And just a different color costume. They have the same abilities, so they're almost evenly matched. One is using their powers for good, the other for evil. What have you, just straight on down the line. And it's and, yeah. and that and that theme and the costuming and that um, like I mentioned, that duality just really makes for exciting reading, you know, when it's done right. Or even not just in comics, even outside of comics as well in television and movies and things of that nature, you know. But the one but yeah. the one thing I will say, though, a lot of times mm -hmm. doppelgangers in those instances are really the most successful to me when it's done over a serialization, when you have like a history with those two characters that's starting to be built. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to like you just mm -hmm. pop up and say, hey, here's a brand new series or show and instantly here's the doppelganger. Here's the direct opposite number of that hero. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have the same impact as it does like, you know, way down the line you introduce their opposite number. You, you kind of get what I'm saying? No, I, I absolutely do. And I think to, uh, to a great extent, you know, it's a, it's not a tried and true kind of go-to for creators mm -hmm. in comics and television and, and, and movies and so forth, but it is a go-to. And I think that that's what happens is, is specifically like with television you know, talking about episodic television serialized right. over weeks and weeks and weeks. And then eventually, you know, they go into, they do the bottleneck episode or they do the, we get lost or the road trip episode, yeah. or they do the, ep the episode where the main character is not there. And it's just the support characters for that episode or whatever. Right. 
as a way to kind of break it up. And I think they that certainly to some extent they eventually get to a point where it is we need to do like a, a an opposite or the, like you're saying the opposite number or whatever uh, character. And the first example of that that I can really remember catching on to as a kid. Mm-hmm. Watching, you know, television and reruns and stuff, you know, uh, in the summers, you know, when, you, when you're out of school. Yeah. And I remember I used to watch Bewitched. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You bellowed. Oh, square one. <laughs> Serena, our guests will be here in less than an hour. How's dinner coming? Wow-wee. What a worry, Ward. I'm going to zap up the exact dinner I once cooked for Henry VIII. Never mind, Serena. Just something uh, simple. How about peanut butter? Straight, no jelly. Is that simple enough? How about uh, salad, uh, roast beef, string beans, and baked potato? Believe me, it was more fun cooking for Henry VIII than it is for Ding Dong the First. Yeah. Remember her sister? Yes, yes. What, what was her sister's her name? Sis- so, I forget the sister's name, but, you know, Samantha, of course, was, you know, was the main character, uh, Elizabeth Montgomery. Oh. And she had, and she had, yeah, she's beautiful. Yes. And she had blonde hair, and then she would put on this dark wig, and then that would be her sister, who would be the more mischievous witch, the more, you know, not quite evil, but certainly like, uh, yeah, 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 you know, so, and now it's kind of the first time on television of like, okay, damn, you know, and strangely, you know, they would play the sister, certainly more mischievous, maybe, you know, a little sinister, But also sexier than Samantha was. As, as, as if that was possible. <laughs> right, right. Well, more overtly yeah. so. Samantha, of course, had her own sex appeal. But yeah, more overtly, wearing it on her sleeve. Mm-hmm. You know, sed- seductive, which is something a characteristic that Samantha didn't have. Right, right. And then, and then in comics, you know, my first recollection would probably be maybe like Bizarro. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, Bizarro as like the you know, I mean, literally the opposite of Superman. You know, motherfucker couldn't even talk. Right. You know, <laughs> and it would be funny trying to read his dialogue, and then mentally you would have to kind of fill in. He's saying I instead of me am, me am happy when he's saying I am sad. That type of thing. <laughs> right. Right. So, so it really required kind of a sophisticated like. You know, for twelve yeah. and like, what's a twelve and fourteen year olds? You know, to kind of sit back. Okay, what is he saying? You know, like even in in the comics, unrelated to doppelgangers, in, even in the comics when Zatanna would throw a spell and it would just be written backwards, and you'd have to stop and figure out what she said backwards. Yeah. You know, to figure out what the spell was. Oh, okay, she's casting this spell and she's gonna make a net right. come out of nowhere and it's gonna whatever. You know, all of that kind of stuff. But um. But yeah, you're right. In terms of, it doesn't always have to be your evil opposite, or like you're saying, you know the, uh, um, the op, the you know your number. What what's the term I you guess use? You're like like your arch enemy. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but in in most cases, I think it works best mm-hmm. that way. Yes. You know, and certainly you have like Iron Man and War Machine, but then you also have Iron Monger too. You know, as you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Iron Monger, I guess, is kind of like. You know, or I guess, I guess really you could have said any of them then. The Titanium Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, who's the other one? Uh, 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 the Russian one? Was it Red? What? No, nah. no. In fact, that, that, the Crimson Dynamo. There you go. Crimson Dynamo. There you go. And, and, Crimson Dynamo. And it's so funny. They had a whole storyline called Armor Wars where all of those different armors ganged up right. on him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. When did when did you first become aware of the doppelganger as a thing? And did and like did you like it? Because I liked it right away. Oh man, <laughs> you know, like yourself, when I was a kid, man, you know, I was an avid TV watcher. And, you know, probably the first thing I came across that thing where it was like and this was recurring. Like it happened in a couple episodes and they were both two parters. That's how serious this thing was. Watching Knight Rider when I was four or five years old. Right. (laughs) 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 I love Knight Rider. Right. So imagine this episode comes on and it's Michael Knight, obviously. And then his opposite number. Garth. What's the uh, meaning of this? Uh, 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 I'll take that. Hello, Garth. This is kidnapping a relative to Under the circumstances, I believe your late father would have approved. Would you come this way? And it was just, it, 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 it like <laughs> bewitched. It was just the same Michael Knight with that pompadour. But with just a mustache. Yeah. And he had, right. and then, you know, Michael Knight already had, you know, his shirt open with his chest, you know, with his uh, taco meat hanging out, right? And Garth had, <laughs> had the same thing, too, except he had a chain and he had a cane. It was like a pimped out Michael Knight with a mustache. And it was like, oh, shoot. And that was just so cool. And I know I think he had a, a mustache and a goatee. And it was one of those things that's like, that made me think as a kid, and you can ask a lot of people this. When you see when you see the um, twin of a hero that has a mustache and a beard, you instantly say evil Michael Knight. They <laughs> 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 go evil Michael Knight. Oh, he's doing evil Michael Knight. But what made it so right. crazy was, was that Garth had his own vehicle, this big old 18-wheeler called Goliath. And he had to face off against right. Michael Knight and Kit, right? It was like, oh, uh-huh. shoot. So it got to be a two-parter. So that's when I first came aware of, like, oh, man, that's, that's pretty cool. And then also, or uh, Knight Rider, there was another two-parter where Kit had his opposite number, another vehicle, a car. <laughs> car. K-A-R-R. Car. car. <laughs> And it was it was a, it was a duel to the mechanical death. They were both armed, and Kit was getting his ass headed to him, kind of like Car was outmaneuvering him, and and Car didn't even need a driver. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, Kit probably didn't need a driver. I would imagine, right? right? Exactly, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was just like them battling. You know what I'm saying? So things like Mm -hmm. that is what started attracting me to that idea. And even though as a child, I couldn't articulate that term because I didn't know what that term was. But all I knew is, it's like when the twin of the hero shows up on, you know, Knight Rider or Bewitched or other shows like that. I always Mm -hmm. sat up and was like, oh, man, this is going to be cool because it was something different. And it was as if that same actor, so to speak playing that character was just taking on another role. So it, it was just, that always appealed to me very much. Okay. Okay. And I'm looking it up now just so that we have a, uh, a formal definition, but a doppelganger is a mysterious exact double of a living person, or in this case, fictional people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a German word that literally translates into double Walker or double goer. Ah, okay. And, 
And a doppelganger isn't someone who just resembles you, but is an exact opposite, right down to the way you walk, talk, and dress, etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I think in its nature, it should be someone who is up to no good and villainous. And like you're saying, if you're a good person, or if you're a hero or heroine, or whatever. Yeah. That you know, it would be your you know your opposite, uh, so to speak. But um, uh, I do not remember the uh, the Night Rider episode uh, that you're referencing. So that that one went over my head. But similar to that, mm-hmm. um, an early one that I caught, and it's not it's not exactly a doppelganger, but similar to what you're saying with uh, with uh, Michael Knight and with uh, and with Garth yeah. is. Matt Murdock and Mike Murdock. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Where Mike Murdock is Matt Murdock basically playing another, like his cousin or his brother. I think it was his brother, yeah, right? Yeah. And he would just kind of muss his hair a little bit and put on some uh, some cooler sunglasses. It wasn't his blind guy sunglasses, yeah. it was some cooler sunglasses. And he would ha- he wouldn't even have to fake the whole I don't know where I'm going and I'm you know I'm tapping with a with a with a uh, a white cane or anything. He was just you know oh yeah I'm 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 Mike I'm I'm the cool right. guy you know <laughs> you know as if Matt Murdock who wasn't macking on all the honeys yes. wasn't already cool right exactly <laughs> exactly and you know and, you and, know. and they kind of and they kind of played uh, Mike out like I remember. Um, him being like back during like those Gene Colon issues back in the late sixties. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And it was always like, hey, you know, we're out here in San Francisco. Right. Hey. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. So so that's definitely one that that like I said was like, how, how does this work? But I mean no different than obviously Superman puts on glasses and hides his spit curl. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, you don't know that he's Clark Kent or whatever. So but in terms of comics, who were who were a couple of your early favorite doppelgangers where you were like, okay, because I remember like so I, you know, we lived in some apartments off of Camp Creek Parkway called Creek Creek. Okay, yeah. And I remember I used to walk up to I've said I've told the story before. I used to walk up to the uh it was called Magic Market. That was the name of the uh convenience store up the street. Mm-hmm. Walk up to the conven- Magic Market. I would probably get me like a uh like a uh like a cherry pie. Mm, uh, mm. Dolly Madison cherry oh, pie. Dolly Madison. Hey, and uh and, and then heat it up with you know get some milk and then heat it up and then I would get some comics. Yeah. And you know other than you know like Superman family or Batman family or any of those things because you got more stories in that on those issues. Yeah. You know it was like a double or a triple size comic. Mm-hmm. But I definitely loved it when Reverse Flash would show yep. up, Professor Zoom. Yes, sir. Uh, you know because he had the black and yellow instead of the red and yellow or the yeah the red and yellow. Right. And you know, he was clearly evil, but he was just as fast as the Flash was. You know, he could do all the same shit that Flash could do, that Barry Allen could do. Yeah. And I was like, damn, damn. And then my second favorite was, and this is a team of doppelgangers, is when the Avengers faced off for the very first time against the Squadron Supreme. Yeah, that's right. Good catch. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, and I believe that might have been Sal, either Sal or John Buscema, one of the two, mm-hmm. uh, maybe both. Yeah. But I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is the Justice League. That guy's Superman. <laughs> That's Green Arrow. 
That's Wonder Woman. That's Green Lantern. Oh, shit. <laughs> the Avengers are fighting the Justice. Oh, shit. You know, 13, 14-year-old mind blown. <laughs> Just gone, sir. Just got darn gone. <laughs> but 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 what were some of your favorites, man? Oh, man. Um, as a kid of the 90s, you know, of course, you know, um, you had Spider-Man and his opposite doppelganger would have been Venom. Because Venom took that black suit and got onto someone else and took on whatever mm-hmm. the, the, the hatred and feelings were present in that person. You know, this being Eddie Brock and kind of, but still mm-hmm. pined for Peter Parker. So he would, so Spider-Man would all, always be trying to fight Venom, even though Venom, the suit, actually wanted Spider-Man back. So Venom, like, man, I, I think when people think of doppelgangers, you know, at least for my generation, they might instantly go back to uh-huh. that. You know what I'm saying? Um, another mm-hmm. one, too, because this was one of my earliest um, back issues. Um, Captain America, when there was when he became the captain with the black uniform and a white star. Yeah. Yeah. That, right. The instantly. Yeah. It's like, yes, it's his instant doppelganger because the, the, the bad guy, you know, was in the original suit. So Cap had to take on Mm -hmm. what would normally be the attributes of the villainous side, you know, with the darker colors or whatnot. But he had to take on that costume until he regained the original. And just seeing those two fight, it was like literally his opposite number. They're both super soldiers in a way. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. so even when Cap got his original suit back, Johnny Walker, <laughs> keep walking, <laughs> Johnny Walker. <laughs> but um, he took the suit on and became USA agent. So he was still the opposite number, even though now he was kind of working on the side of good and changed it up a little bit, you know, as far as the front of it. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely those two. And if I could throw in one more that kind of hit me, you know, when I started getting into mm-hmm. um, Daredevil by Frank Miller. Even though it's not the same costume, obviously, you could argue that Bullseye is the doppelganger to, you know, Daredevil. Maybe not in personality, but that's his direct opposite number. Like they both have like, you know, costumes with the with the with the skull cap, you know, only their mouths showing, you know, they're yeah, equally yeah. matched as far as like martial arts and, you know, going toe to toe, you know, with the fisticuffs, you know what I mean? Except one is good, and obviously the one is just the other one is just evil, you know, maniacally so. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, I always like that when um, uh, you know, and and I think Miller is the main one who really got a handle on Bullseye and made him into you know the doppelganger or opposite number of uh, Daredevil, and you took it like real serious when he showed up for real. Okay. I never thought about Bullseye as kind of like Daredevil's doppelganger in a way, but certainly uh, he was played as he has he has been played as such in the comics, mm-hmm. um, in the sense that he's not powered. You know, he's just very very precise as is, as Daredevil is. Yeah, un, you know, un, uncannily so. Right, right. You know, so for sure. Now, so as it relates to Venom, a character that I've never ever ever gotten i've never understood the uh <laughs> the appeal is carnage venom's doppelganger is his opposite or yes it's an offshoot you know marvel's like man venom venom's hot 
why don't we make another one? Yeah, <laughs> yo. <laughs> Except the only thing is that Venom does not have any way, shape, or form any semblance of a Spider-Man costume. It's just this symbiote in like its rawest form almost. And then even Marvel right. went to the went to the extreme of like, hey, Venom and Carnage are hot. Why don't we come up with a storyline where there are multiple symbiotes? Uh, uh, you yeah. know what? Why don't we explain that there's a planet full of symbiotes? So it's like they played it <laughs> out, show. And then also yeah. in Spider-Man 2, you can also argue when, ugh. And some people might love this storyline. I'll admit it got me when I was like 15, but now I can't read them anymore. With the um, mm-hmm. with the Spider-Man clone. I don't, do you remember this? I, uh, vaguely, I do, right. yes. So just in short... Back in issue 149 of Amazing Spider-Man, the Jackal had created a clone, an exact clone of Spider-Man, right? So it's mm-hmm. two Spider-Man mm-hmm. fighting, same costume, same everything, <laughs> except at the end of that issue, the real Spider-Man throws the clone down a smokestack. Yes, Spider-Man killed the clone <laughs> ostensibly. But I, okay. but I, I, I now, years later, Marvel or some writer comes back and says, well, what if the real Peter Parker, that's not the real Peter Parker. What if the clone threw the real Peter Parker down the smokestack and has been living on 300 uh, issues later <laughs> as Peter Parker? Uh. Like, oh, oh, man, come on, guys. And so, yeah, so that started the whole saga, the clone saga. And so it just got real convoluted, even to us fans. Um, and the clone's mm-hmm. name, by the way, was Ben Riley. Okay, so that whole story got convoluted, and Marvel had to try and make some sense out of it. They brought symbiotes into it. It was just a mess. So finally, the way Marvel resolved it was okay, 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 okay. There are two. There are two Peter Parkers now. One name is Ben Riley. They're the exact. They look like each other and everything. What we're going to do is we're going to give the clone, Ben Riley, his own book. And he's going to be called The Scarlet Spider. And his costume is going to be a scarlet Spider-Man suit. But he's going to be wearing a blue hoodie also with the Spider-Man logo on it. So... (laughs) It's only it's, again we go back we return back to the hoodies yeah, yo. exactly from from the John Byrne episode exactly exactly yeah, yeah. but, but he, no, no waffle tread you know shoes and nothing on him <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man right so you had Peter's exact doppelganger who now was on the side of good except now he had a Spider-Man costume but with a blue hoodie. And then later on, they gave him another Spider-Man costume that looked like Peter's, mm-hmm. but it was just different. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was one of those 90s designs that, like, ugh, uh, no, no, y'all should have slipped with the hoodie, man. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so Spider-Man is kind of being replete with those, you know, especially in the 90s as far as, like, doppelgangers for sure, yo. Yeah. I think some others that maybe came along in the 90s, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but Wrath? Uh, Wraith, and that is from Wraith, Batman me. Special Number One, drawn by the inimitable Michael Golden, and I believe Michael Golden, yes, sir, and I think written by Mike Barr, maybe. 
That sounds about right. Okay. Mike W. Barr. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. I think because I, I have that. Yes, me too. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. issue. Great issue. And his origin is the same yeah. too, but just twisted. You know. Right. The race parents were killed, except they were shot by cops, and then. you're right (laughs) and it's so funny and there's a great spread if you remember back in that Batman special right and it kind of opens the Mm -hmm. issue there's a um, a, a spread that shows on one side shows Batman's origin real quick you know on that half right and it has a a headshot of Batman then on the other side on the other page you have a headshot of Wraith and it shows his origin real quick and they're very similar very similar, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. even inside the yeah. issue in silhouette, I remember um, Batman was helping um, this um, this this woman um, with, with something dealing with the wraith, and she has her back turned and she sees the silhouette of Batman against the wall, and she was like, "Oh, thank good, thank goodness you're here." And she turns around and it's like, right. "Oh my God, it's not you, and it's actually the wraith." Right. Because the wraith has the same pointed yeah. ears, you know, but they're not really right. ears. It's just the way that his mask is made, you know. Right. But yeah. But th- so that character actually was wasn't in the nineties. That was in the eighties, right? That Batman special you're talking exactly. about. We talking about eighty four. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recall that. Yeah. But wow, why did I not remember that? Because I loved that fucking era of Michael Golden. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, doing uh like the demon and well the demon before that and then uh. Uh, he was always like appearing in like Batman Family. He'd have sto- stories that would pop up in Batman Family. I recall. Yeah, yeah. Or or a Batman Annual or something. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But this was that this was that golden where he started. Get, it's it's like it's like with Burn. Okay, Golden was at that period in Batman Family. Them fries weren't ready yet. They were still cooking. Hey man. Hey man. <laughs> Hold on, man. Hold on, man. Hey, yo, the fries was straight, yo. yo like, like, everything was all juicy and kind of bulbous. Like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know you can't fresh, still- yo. <laughs> huh? You can't fresh, yo. That, that, that period of Michael Golding going into like Micronauts, everything was all juicy and bubbly and just. <laughs> and then once he got to like that Dr. Strange 55 and started tightening up. That's when that that's when that uh, Batman special comes out. Right around that time, it's like, okay, that's Michael Golden. Okay, there we go. There we go. That's that's when he became undeniable. Right. <laughs> you, he, he became undeniable. Then you you a hating ass motherfucker if you're you gonna talk about him. After after that, like certainly by the time you get to Doctor Strange, and then by certainly by the time you get to like uh, the Nom yeah. mm. and uh and those, and those Nightwing covers. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Game over, dog. Done. Done. Sit down. Yes. Sit down. <laughs> but uh, uh I was thinking about uh like uh, uh beast and dark beast. There was a dark beast, you're right. Damn, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. And that's in the nineties, yo. That's in the nineties, it's in the nineties. And then also uh Ghost Rider and Vengeance. Really? There were two Ghost Riders? Really? There's there's a there's a dark version of Ghost Rider. He makes a, a Faustian pact uh-huh. in, in the same way that uh, that 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 Johnny does, and uh, and and is, he's like an I mean an evil Ghost Rider seems like a uh, an oxymoron <laughs> or whatever because you know he's like an agent of the devil, but you know. <laughs> uh, and then there were there were a couple that 
just poking around, I was like, I didn't remember these, but uh, Daredevil in, in Ikari or Ikari? Ikari. Hmm. Remember he had the red and yellow and the hood with the the, uh, the 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 different face, and he was similar to Daredevil where he could kind of anticipate your moves, uh-huh. kind of like uh, like Midnighter does in a way. Yeah. I K A R I Ikari. Huh. Um, does he have a his mask? I, I don't know if you saw a picture of it. Does he have kind of like a like a like a like a Kabuki type mask? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. With, with yeah, horns yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah. I think so. Well, I don't know if it has horns on it, but Just a yeah, mask. he definitely has like a hood and like a like an, an ornate looking mask. Dang, that he wears. Dang, yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar. Okay, that might that might be in the 2000s. There, that might have been like maybe a little bit past. Uh, you know, when you were really knee deep in. Yeah, might be. Uh, might be. Uh, at the at the time, and then Hawkeye and Trick Shot. Trick Shot. Some guy called. Some guy called Trick Shot. Yo, <laughs> what? <laughs> And he looks like I think he's just like Black Hawkeye, just a black dude with a with a bow and arrow, yo. He's just Black Hawkeye. Oh, snaps. Okay, you know? all right. If if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Hawkeye and Trick Shot. Oh, damn. Okay, you going deep, yo. Yeah. All right, I like this. All right. So so let me ask you this, yo, because some of the some of the doppelgangers have gotten really popular over the years, mm. and some of them like you know not unlike you know Venom or um, even. Uh, well, even like Venom, I just I just didn't quite get it. It was it wasn't for me. Yeah. But I've never ever understood the appeal of Black Adam. Oh yeah, that 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 one should have jumped out at me. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, again, Shazam has the red and yellow like the Flash. So Black Adam has the black and black and gold like you know Reverse Flash like Professor Zoom. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and you know the crazy thing too is. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know quite how I feel about this, but of course, since his name is Black Adam, you know he's been retconned in later years as he's actually black. Oh, and his origin is he's from Egypt. He's from ancient Egypt. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Well, you know, now that, that part I do recall reading about, and I actually didn't mind it mm-hmm. because Shazam's origins come from, you know, from the, like uh, the, Greek? the Greek gods. Yeah. Yeah, so the idea that his opposite would come from another country or another culture's mythology yeah. kind of was, I was like, okay, all right, I kind of get it. You know, you want some Osiris and some yeah. uh, Isis, you know, <laughs> on some Isis shit. Okay, all right, cool. Even though, you know, I love Almighty Isis, but. Uh, yes, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, but I just never quite got it. And even like seeing the trailer for the movie coming up, I'm like, ooh. Who's who's this for? Right. You know who is who's into this character? But again, it just might not be for me. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 concede that point. Yeah, yeah, probably, man, probably. So, man. well, why you? Well, but, why you? But go what, ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go. Ahead. No, you go. Ahead. Now, I was just gonna say, why why are you doing like deep cuts, man? I got a couple, and, and Dwight would appreciate this, man. Uh, with uh, Adam Warlock, what about the Magus? The Magus, the Magus. Yeah, yes. Okay, the Magus. The Magus. There we go. Oh. Yeah, the Magus. Yeah, yeah. that that, that uh, puffy uh, afro, that that be real that fro, afro. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered if it was supposed to be a Jew fro, yo, because I was like, where, where is this? What is this about? Why does he have an afro? But you know, it really comes down to my friendship for, with with Dwight and him just really making me love uh, a lot of those Jim Starlin characters, 
even more because he was so enthusiastic about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the Magus as it relates to Adam Warlock. And Adam Warlock was already kind of like, I mean, it's almost kind of like, you know, like Jesus and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the son of the devil or something like that or whatever. But, you know, he they are one in the same, you know, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I, I dig the Magus. Um, I like uh, the fact that, you know, you have someone who is as uh, philosophical and, and as ponderous as Adam Warlock, and then you have his future self, who's gotten you know darker and more crotchety and and essentially evil, right. you know, uh, you know, essentially evil. But um, let me ask you this, because there are there are some that I, they're not quite doppelgangers. They're doppelgangers in the sense of like the Squadron Supreme, mm-hmm. you know, where the Squadron Supreme, you know. They're evil, but they're really just supposed to be another team that the Avengers are are facing off against. So I was thinking about like the Imperial Guard as kind of like doppelgangers for the Legion of Superheroes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. You know, um, Gladiator as kind of a doppelganger for Superboy or Superman, depending upon which version or. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which version you see him. You you know, if he's uh, if he's with the Imperial Guard, I guess he's Superboy. Yeah. If he's facing off against the Fantastic Four, he's Superman. Right. (laughs) Right. But also. So. And I guess, you know, like if we were talking about the Earth 2 characters, Mm, mm. they're just really just another version of. Superman and Green Lantern and so forth, correct? Yes, but they also had their own team, the Crime Syndicate of America, the CSA. <laughs> what do you mean? Wait a minute, what are you talking about? Yeah, they have their own team on Earth 2. Their version is called the Crime Syndicate of America. Well, I thought it was the Justice Society. Wasn't it the Justice Society at first? Now, are you talking, oh, you know what, 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 you know what? I, I okay okay I'm 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 confused. You have like Earth Two and it's Superman right. with like the white temples. You know what I'm saying? Right. Okay. Right. And yes, and there is a Justice Society in that version. Yes, but okay, they do have a direct doppelganger on another Earth, another version Earth called the Crime Syndicate. That sounds like a that's like a whack ass rap <laughs> rap group from the nineties. <laughs> Like you say, this case is called Dick. Side Crime Syndicate. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like the, like the Franchise Boys, yo. <laughs> lean with I it. I lean in my black uh, tee. All in my black tee. The Crime Syndicate. Mixtape <laughs> <laughs> in stores, July 25th. But anyway. <laughs> Junior Mafia, yo. <laughs> But yeah, on another version of that Earth, there was a crime syndicate, and it was evil versions of you know Superman and all the rest of them. You know what I'm saying? And they've crossed over a couple of times and fought their own evil versions. Um, there was even a graphic mm-hmm. novel back in the back in the late '90s, maybe early 2000s, that Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely did called. JLA Earth 2. It was a hardback. And right. it was the regular heroes, the regular Justice League versus those crime syndicate evil versions. You know what I'm saying? And you know, the way Quietly right. drew them, it was like, oh yeah, oh, that man, this is this fire right here. It's Quietly, of course. So right. that, that was cool. But yeah, those Earth 2 versions always always liked that. And it kind of confused me too, you know, because you would be reading like, I, 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 
I don't know, like some issue of All-Star Squadron. And those versions would kind of cross over every once in a while. And I would be like, mm-hmm. as a young reader, it's kind of like, why does Superman have white temples? How did he get old so quick? You know, that type of thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is another one because I, I love those Golden Age characters, but I never quite understood how how and why DC tried to keep them all together. It's like, OK, you already have Superman. Why do you need another Superman? Yeah. But, you know, s- stories get written, you know, uh, continuity is created, canon is, you know, is codified. And then eventually, you know, we all just say, OK, there's an Earth 2 Superman with, like you said, with the great temples. Uh, there's, uh, you know, but I guess that's different from like the Golden Age characters like Jerry, Jay Garrick as the Golden Age Flash or Alan Scott as the Golden Age Green Lantern. They're different. Yeah. From the Earth 2 characters, correct? Right, exactly. And, and you know, the crazy thing, too, is and that's why, you know, um, DC made Crisis initially to find a way to consolidate all of those characters, kill some off and just really consolidate a lot of those legacy characters, even though afterwards they still ended up keeping a bunch of them anyway. You know what I'm saying? Which right. just kept it confusing, right. especially to a young fan like myself just getting into comics back then. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna go to one of my one of my favorites, and again, this is like teenage me, just loving doppelgangers. Yeah, and they're not they're not evil opposites, but I just loved it because I figured out what Marvel was doing. Okay, uh, the uh, what if number issue number nine? Mm-hmm. What if the Avengers had fought evil during the 1950s? Ah, uh, okay, okay, I see. So, so you have Marvel Boy, 3D Man, Venus. Gorilla Man and the Human Robot, who are all kind of, you know, like 3D Man is kind of like Captain America. Uh-huh. Uh, the Human Robot is kind of like the Vision. Gorilla Man is kind of like maybe the Beast yeah. or Hulk. Uh, Marvel Boy is kind of like Thor. Okay. And Venus, I guess, is kind of like, uh, not specifically the Scarlet Witch, but maybe the Scarlet Witch. But I remember reading that. I, I want to say it was. I know. I think it was a Jack Kirby cover. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think. I think. Did Herb Trimpey do the uh, the interiors? That I'm not sure of, but I would not be surprised if it was. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember loving that because again, I was in on the joke. You know, I was so <laughs> knee deep in who the characters were and what they were and their origins and backstories and had read so much of it. The fact that they were saying, okay, this is kind of like a duplicate of these other characters. I was like, oh man. Yeah. I'm into it. Exactly. (laughs) And and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, those instances seem to really work when they're brought on after there's been like an established continuity or history, you know, with the character or characters, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. For for real. And that may have been one of the uh, the errors that were made, in, if if you could even call it an error in the uh, in the Flash TV show, where in the very first season, which I watched the first season and a half, mm-hmm. uh, Professor Zoom is in the very first season, so Reverse Flash appears in the first season. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're still trying to get used to okay, this kid Barry and his girlfriend Iris and so on and so forth, and then he gets sued, and, you know, we're still trying to get used to it, and then all of a sudden we're introduced to, you know, his opposite. So it almost appeared, in in my mind, it almost did seem a little too soon, right? Mm-hmm. you know, to kind, of, uh, to kind of introduce that. But the last one, and I never thought about this one until, again, I was just kind of poking around online and thinking about doppelgangers, 
But I guess the abomination is like the doppelganger to the Hulk? Yeah, it would have to be because if you think about it, the Hulk himself is an abomination. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> and, and and a doppelganger to Bruce to Bruce Banner. Right, because um, I think the other guy... He's the evil... Yeah, Emil Blonsky, I think is his name, uh, who got turned to yeah. the abomination. They're both scientists. Now they're both these hideous, incredibly strong creatures. And, it's, and in a way, it's almost like when... Um, Godzilla fights one of his opposite numbers, that type of thing. These monsters fighting each right. other. Yeah. Right. Now, to some extent, could you say that Doc Samson is a doppelganger to the Hulk? Because whereas, you know, the radiation made uh, Bruce Banner into a monster, it made, it made Lynn Samuel... All good looking yeah, with the long blonde hair, all Fabio looking, looking like fucking something from a, a romance novel, yo. <laughs> Fabio. And, <laughs> but 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 he had you know he had the strength and and, and all the same you know uh, uh, you know general invulnerability that the Hulk has. So I almost wonder could he be to an extent a doppelganger to the Hulk in a way? Maybe because they both had PhDs. You know what I'm saying? They both got hit right. with them gammas. So. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, what, what about some some outside of comics? Because you and I, before we started uh, recording, you you mentioned a couple outside of comics, maybe like in TV and or movies. Yeah, but. yeah. I, actually, I got a couple. The the first one that springs to mind on that instance is um, Star Trek. You know, the original series, and that episode called yes. Mirror, <laughs> Mirror. Yes. And, and again, yo. it goes back to my Michael, my evil Michael Knight rule. If I'm not mistaken, doesn't Spock, the evil Spock, the alternate, the alternate version, doesn't he have a beard and a goatee? Uh, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know, yo. Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah. He has a beard and a goatee. Okay. And then obviously okay. their, 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 their costumes are these. <laughs> these. These. These Voyager Sinbad looking costumes, yo, with the with the sash <laughs> and with the vest. <laughs> yes, yo. Yes, and yo. Evil Zulu yes. was trying. Evil Sulu was trying to fight people with a sword. It was like, and, and, and what was what was cool about it was that episode gave like some of these supporting players something yeah. different to play. So you got them yeah. kind of to see come to the forest actors. You know what I'm saying? More than they would usually do. You know what I'm saying? So I all I remember is like yeah. Sulu was fighting him with a sword. He was like, come here. Yeah. Ha, ha. Yeah. And was running around shirtless and sweating. Yeah, and yo, shit. I was like, dang, that's, <laughs> it, it, it was cool to see see them kind of get their opposites shine. You know what I'm saying? And uh You you, you know what it would have been cool with that is is if they had done Uhura, where she she reverted back to her character from uh what was it, uh Truck Turner? <laughs> <laughs> where she was she was she was the madam of the house, yeah, talking about all these hoes walking around here. You see all this fine pussy walking around here. This is Fort Knox in pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo, yes, sir. You're like, damn, Lieutenant, damn. <laughs> but yeah, man, yeah, definitely that episode. I always always dig that episode for sure, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, um, and, there's another. Let me go say real sure. quickly. There's another episode of Star Trek. It's not Mirror Mirror. Mm -hmm. Where Spock uh, beams back aboard the uh, the Enterprise, and there's a malfunction, and it separates Good Kirk from Bad Kirk. I've seen that one. So, yeah, 
Yeah. So all the all the good traits that Kirk has goes into one Kirk, and then there's an evil Kirk, and the people on the ship don't realize right away that there are two different Kirks. Mm-hmm. So the good Kirk is actually kind of wimpy and passive. He's he does all of the you know the kind of aggressive type A leadership qualities that he he needs to be a good leader, yeah. but also the fairness. Those those are separated. Right. And evil Kirk is like pushing up on like crew members and trying to seduce them. You know, he's just he's just a bad dude. But that was another one where it was like, and again, I suspect after so many episodes, okay, what can we do? Uh, what if we did this? And then it was the you know, mm-hmm. and you know, everything in Star Trek takes place in the same you know the same landscapes yeah, the and the same, same rooms, uh, the same uh, sets. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Everything they just reuse that stuff a thousand times, and I still love it. But go ahead, go ahead, man. Yeah, well, you know, well, just just piggybacking off of that for just a second, man. That also goes back to what I was saying at the top of the episode about just the duality. You know, those type of episodes really take an opportunity to have like, you know, to express like the duality that's inside of each of us. Where you do have the good and the um, bad or, well, not necessarily evil all the time, but the good traits and the bad traits of our own personalities played out, you know, through this fantasy setting. You know, and I think that might be a reason right. why that hits us so so much. It's not just seeing these familiar characters that we know are on the right of good or you know being fair or whatnot, but it's also inside of us because each of us has potential, you know, to do something, you know, um, heinous. You know, not 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 necessarily like heinous, like murder or whatnot, but we do have that part of our personality. Mm-hmm. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like if we could show our yeah. ass. You know, to 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 quote a term, right. you know, there are times right. where we can definitely show our ass, and people will be surprised. Like, what? That that's not you. That's not how yeah. swing. What are you doing, man? You know that type yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I agree. I agree, and I think that uh, one of the beauties of Star Trek, and they and they probably did a version of that multiple times. Yeah. You know, the idea of the duality and splitting, and so on and so forth. But I do like the fact that, um, uh, you know, like you said, with with a doppelganger, you know, it is an opportunity for them. Doppelgangers, to an extent, are almost like the precursors to what if. Mm. It's like, okay, what if you had all the cool stuff about the Flash, but he was evil. He was dastardly. He was a villain. Yeah. You know, how would that play out in terms of him using his speed to... To do to commit evil acts instead of good acts, you know, to harm instead of to save. Yeah. You know, same thing with um um I'm trying to think of another good example, but so I don't know. Let me ask you this. Would you consider to an extent, you know, as it relates to DC and Marvel, and you know, you know, of course it's a complete ripoff, but is Deadpool kind of a doppelganger to Deathstroke? Mm, you know, you brought this up before and it blew my mind. You said yeah. Slade Wilson is Deathstroke. <laughs> Wade Wilson is Deadpool. Yeah. And I'm like, come yeah. on, Rob. Come on, Lifefield. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. He got away with it though. Marvel was like, all right, cool, go ahead. Do your thing. Make us <laughs> some more money. We're making millions. We'll pay the lawyers later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and in a way, yes, because both of them carry swords on their backs and weaponry. Both are mercenaries. You know, mm-hmm. um, and the, the only difference is, is that Wade Wilson just just talks a lot of cash shit. He just jokes around right. a lot. And 
Right. Slade Wilson is just smooth with it. He's just like, no, nah, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to keep going. Just give me the money. Put the money in my hand. You know what I'm saying? Right. That type of deal. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So I was thinking about this, and I guess I, guess I was thinking about uh, old cartoons, right? Okay. On our on the last, not the last one, but the the last episode, the, uh, the last episode that uh, me and Dwight recorded, he brought up Star Blazers, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I was thinking about Speed Racer. Yes. So, I mean, I guess they're all racers. So Racer X is not really his doppelganger. But it's the one you and, kind of and, associate as his opposite. In a way, yeah. Like he's, Speed is, you know, open, an open book. You know, he is who he is. This is my team. This is my girlfriend, Trixie. This is Spritel and Chim Chim. Yeah. This is my car. This is Pops. You know, the Racer X is mysterious, you know, to himself. You know, he hides his identity. Uh, people kind of wonder, is he kind of a bad racer? Is he a race car driver? Is he a good race car driver? But then, of course, you have, you know, things like, you know, the car acrobatic team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, the Mammoth car. Remember the Mammoth car, yo? Yes. <laughs> it's essentially a bus, yo. <laughs> Why is it a car? It's a bus. But um, so I don't know. Speed Racer actually had a uh, a doppelganger, so to speak. But I did think about one good one, two good ones actually, mm. outside of the realm of comics. All right. So one in movies would be, uh, the Nutty Professor. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know the original one with uh with Jerry Lewis with, uh, with Jerry Lewis. Yeah. And and even, of course, you know, the one that Eddie Murphy did later. Yeah. But The Nutty Professor. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then one in television. Uh, You have, I guess it was Family Ties? Family Ties? Okay, okay. Yeah. So you had uh, uh, Stephen Urkel. Yeah. Oh, Family. Then you had Stefan Urkel. Oh, Family Matters. Got you, got you. Family Matters. Excuse me. Family Matters. Yeah. Stefan Urkel, who was the cooler version of Urkel... You know, he was he was a smooth macadamia nut, the ladies' man. You know, he dressed well. You know, he you know had the smooth voice. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Baby, you are worth another trip. <laughs> Stefan, stop! You're embarrassing me. Wait, say my name again. Stefan. There's nothing sweeter than the sound of my name upon your lips. Hey, yo, Stefan. Yo, Eduardo, my man. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know that handshake. <laughs> How could you? I just made it up. <laughs> so he was kind of like a doppelganger to Stephen Urkel, you know, to a great extent. That's right. And you know, the crazy thing is, and I, and I think there was an episode where they finally kind of reconciled this. You know how you know mm-hmm. how the, the, the character uh, Laura Winslow that Urkel was always trying to mm-hmm. pine for and go after, right? And she would just give him the brush right. off, okay? But whenever he changed right. into Stefan Urkel, you know, Mr. Smooth, she was fawning over him, just oh, right. Some and this is where that whole thing of like it takes a series to build a character, so it has a payoff later in the series. Urkel actually makes the point of like, well, Laura, how come every time I turn into Ur- Steve Stefan, you like 
me better, but when it's just me normally, you don't give me the time of day. One of those type of things, right? And, she, okay. <laughs> and, and you can picture it almost like one of them, one of them DC covers from the 60s with some text on there. Yeah, Laura in the middle, and she's trying to choose between <laughs> Stefan and Steven, right? And she's just like a word balloon. Who do I choose? I love him, but I don't want to, you know, disappoint him, that type of thing. And she right. and, and there was no easy answer for her. It was one of those like learning moments, if you will, just kind of like, damn, you, you that is kind of true, Laura. You you have been giving him kind of the, you know, what I'm saying you ain't been the cold shoulder. Yeah. yeah, yo. So yeah, you can almost hear the audience go, oh, oh, uh, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> Look, but true to the '90s, what she should have said was, well, I am a shallow skeezer, <laughs> and. I like smooth bad boys, and I don't like nerds. We're about 20 years ahead of nerds actually being cool, so you're just going to have to wait your turn, Stephen Urkel. Oh. Anyway. Oh. Anyway. Uh, and I did want to mention one thing, too, and it was actually pretty good, too. Okay. Um, there's a miniseries on, uh, I believe it's on HBO Max, called The Outsider. The Outsider. Hmm. Who, who, who's yeah. in it? Uh, Jason Bateman is in it, hmm. and he gets killed early on in the episode. I'll spoil it here. Damn, he gets killed like in the second episode. But okay. it stars uh Ben Mendelsohn and a bunch of other character actors. And Ben Mendelsohn plays like a, a police chief in a small town. It's it's based on a Stephen King sh uh, short story, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Maria Canellis and the people around her believe that the real killer of Luis Aprizio was was a malevolent entity called El Cuco. Did you say an entity? As a child, when I misbehaved, I was told El Cuco would come take me away and eat me. Yet here you are. I know, I'm just saying. Every culture has its El Cuco. It's so-called mythical child eaters, or shapeshifters, body snatchers, or body doubles. The story goes back to the Sumerians, to the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans, to the Hebrews, the Muslims, the Christian cultures. Um, the tale of this creature goes back through time and is on all continents and has survived to this day. He's, a, uh, he's like a, a police chief in a small town. He and his wife, their, uh, their son is killed, and they're kind of still in the grieving process. And there are some murders that start to take place and people start saying, no, that's how Jason Bateman gets involved. They said, no, it was whatever Jason Bateman's character was. It's Brad. Brad's the one who we saw with this kid. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, well, wait a minute. Jason Bateman says, no, I was 15 miles away at a conference in another city and they got him on videotape and everything. But you have him also on video you know, in his hometown with this kid. And they're like, how is this possible? How can he be in two places at the same time? Okay. And what unfolds in the series, it's typical Stephen, Stephen King supernatural, is there is a supernatural being who is a doppelganger. Ah, okay. He can, he can be around you long enough where he can adopt your face. And he commits these crimes and, and all this stuff. And, he start, and his identity starts to change. And it takes him a minute. Like his his face is all like a lump of clay, mm -hmm. and they you know it's not it's, it's not you know it's not like like a B movie or whatever. I mean they don't show you a lot of it; they just imply it. Yeah. But it's just really fascinating where he would take on identities of women and men, and he 
commit murders and rapes and all this kind of stuff. And then Ben Mendelsohn, you know, is just basically trying to track this this character down. But it's called The Outsider. Uh, it might be like six or eight episodes, I forget. But I, and if I'm not mistaken, it's on HBO Max. But they literally use the term doppelganger. Oh, uh, Cynthia Revo is in it as well. She's great in it, okay. as a matter of fact. Fan- fantastic uh, uh, performance on her part. But um, it's... Um, but it's... Uh, Anyway, it's definitely worth checking out, and they use the term doppelganger okay. in the uh, in the show. And even there is a uh, there, there's there's a point where he talks to this. Um, she did the Colombian or Mexican, uh, the, but this Latina woman, and they're talking with her about it, and she references the uh, the Latina version mm. of this doppelganger as well in terms of their mythology versus the Germans, you know, mythology for for yeah, it. Yeah, and I think there there there's probably a version in, you know, a couple of different cultures, like you're like you're saying there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and one more thing that I would like to mention, I just thought about this. This is this is from the archives, man. It's from the archives. There was a B, probably a C movie back in the 90s, starring Drew Barrymore, called Doppelganger. Really? Yes. A, uh, and, and when I mean a B or a C movie, mm-hmm. you have to like hunt that joint down. But it was at the video store. I remember that. And mm-hmm. nobody else remembered it until a classmate brought it up. And I don't even know why we were talking about doppelgangers and whatnot. I have no idea. But even she said, she was like, I've seen that movie. And you know, 14-year-old me looked back at like astonishment was just like, what? <laughs> right? <laughs> that sounds like a movie I saw called Doppelgang. I seen that. I was like, what? You know? Uh, but yeah, yeah. If, if, if I'm lying, I'm flying. But I believe it's called Doppelganger and it stars mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore. And it's like Drew Barrymore and there's like an opposite twin of her or something. Something mm. like that, and she just has different attributes, almost like similar to that bewitched type of situation that you mentioned at the top of the episode. You know, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like people are mistaking, oh, it's this version of Drew doing this crazy stuff, and she has to be like, no, no, it's not me, it's her, and that type of thing. You know, just one of those mm. like B movie type pot boilers, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Those those are all 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 good, especially like on like a uh, Saturday afternoon when you just happen to catch it and you're like, okay, I'll lose a couple hours on this. Yeah, you, I ain't got you got me. Else to do. You got me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But but yeah, man. Uh, shout out to Michelle Fife, man, for uh, for bringing up doppelgangers because it's it's not one I don't think that we would have thought about Mm-mm. in terms of something to discuss. No. But it is definitely. I would say most old school comic nerds, you know, we we grew up on this stuff and, and there were so many examples of it that it is probably the thread that runs through us all, the common denominator, uh, one of the common denominators that runs that runs through us all, so to speak. Yeah. So uh so for sure, a shout out to uh Michelle Fife for bringing the uh uh the good uh topic to uh to the fore. Yeah, Mike. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. 
you can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.